Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. Hey, Mike, it's great to see you again. It's been forever. It has been, and we are wearing the same stuff we were wearing last week. No, uh, Not laundry day yet. Listeners, you uh, hopefully you, you know, but this is part two of of uh, the topic of anniversaries um we like to think of it as the one week anniversary of the topic of anniversaries so we're celebrating with devil dogs yeah i know what a devil dog is i don't get the joke though i i have some in the house i did oh, a okay <laughs> i did a brooklyn brothers food review on devil dogs this week okay. it hasn't launched on youtube yet it, it's it's edited it's up there i don't know when my brother's gonna hit the launch button by the time you hear this in two weeks from today i'm sure it'll be live I did a lovely review of Devil Dogs, nice. chocolate um, devil's food cake with the cream filling. Does it hold up? Is it as good as it was when we were kids? Only time will tell. Yeah. So anyway, uh, our topic is uh, anniversaries. And so I will say, listeners, um, we kind of decided we would split the episode into. So last week is all personal anniversaries. Um you know, like things that we, you know, just our personal experiences with anniversaries. This this episode is going to be more about uh, less personal, less personal. Maybe the 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 Memories. concept and and of anniversaries themselves. So, if that's one that you're more interested in listening, and you can go back and listen to that first. We may make some references right now to jokes because for us, it's been three minutes since we stopped recording the last episode. Uh, so the references might might be there. Um, Sure. So go go uh, check that episode out if you haven't already. So yeah, I had a great anniversary experience just last week. Nice. Um, the date, I think, was kind of random. But this year is the 60th anniversary of my company um, existing as a company. Nice. Um, and I know that sounds weird, but there's an institute that's an overarching organization that is older, but they started the company in 1963 as a way to fund the charitable and philanthropic uh organization like we're backwards for most companies that start a a charity as a tax write-off our we were a charity in an institute scientific institute that started a company to fund the charitable things that are done um yeah and so it was our 60th anniversary we had a big reception at work which was really cool because you know there's been a pandemic for the last couple of years and uh I work in the office two days a week and a lot of groups don't work at all or their days don't coincide with mine. So I saw people I haven't seen in person in like three years. So it was uh, we did a big outdoor thing. They grilled steaks and chicken and hot dogs and burgers and blah, blah, blah. And I got to hang out with people, see people and hug a bunch of people, then have my wife test positive for COVID the next day. But uh, I didn't, so. <laughs> well, maybe they gave you COVID. Maybe you're a carrier. I don't know. Um, Trying to look on the bright side. Uh, Always look on the bright side. Yeah, but it was cool to celebrate an anniversary like with hundreds of other people celebrating the same yeah. uh, day at the same time. It's um, really just for fun and for feeling good about ourselves because those of you who don't know, I'm in a life sciences company. We di- uh, diagnostic tests. And so, you know, our products are what they run in the hospital lab when you're sick to figure out how to save your life. So, you know, it's an anniversary of 60 years of helping doctors save lives. Yeah. I will say, so for anybody that's uh, unfamiliar, I used to work at Matthew's company for about a year and like year and a quarter. That's how we met. Uh, I was I worked directly for him for the first 
seven or eight months of that. I prefer to think under me. Under you, yeah. I labored under you. Um, but uh, it was, I would say, the most rewarding company to work for that I've, uh, in my experience, because I've, you know, I've worked for lots of companies that I would say are null set morally at best, like some of them probably negative, but there's been some where it's like, eh, whatever, they're, you know, I don't know, like, what good or bad do Verizon's good, do doing bad. in the world, life you know? but, yeah. um, you know, nothing that's, like, shameful, like, nothing that I've been terribly ashamed of, um, and, like, when I worked for Home Depot, they weren't, they weren't, like, Trumpers yet, the owners weren't Trump, like, so there was no such thing yet. yeah it was just kind of and and they paid people they weren't in the walmart style of don't pay anybody anything so um it was a different time so but yeah <laughs> so that's where that's where i met matthew and and i would say that yeah working in that field was really rewarding um it felt good it was funny because i got the job randomly just from a agency uh, like, it wasn't random. No, no, no. A highly skilled and, and insightful, intuitive person interviewed you and and, and identified you as somebody yes. who was uh, capable of doing the job and morally sound and uh, had a sense of humor that could come through and was highly intelligent and with 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 love of literature. Yeah, and um, oh. available to do the work for cheap. But my when I when I say that when I say randomly I mean like I wasn't I'm not a I have never had a an industry that I'm I'm like making a career path in. Right. Um, it was I had a job open yes. and you could do the job. Yes. <laughs> but I randomly I, I, in that way randomly got into the the position and then found out that your company does uh, a test it makes a medical test that is very specifically applicable to. Um, something that happened to Sarah during when Logan was born, and and I was like learning all about that, and it was like oh, like I felt it was it was the most excited for a product that I've ever been in in my career. It was interesting. My brother um, recently, you know, within the last two years, had a problem with um, embolism, pulmonary embolisms, and. When he goes, yeah, they told me to test. You know, I got this number five thirty two, and I said, oh man, you're gonna have to get blood thinners. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, that that number is a result of my company's D dimer uh, exclusionary test, and it's over five hundred. That means you're. And I'm I'm making those numbers up right now because I don't remember the exact thing, but it's something like that, four hundred or five hundred. I said, but being over that threshold, even by that little bit, means you need to get blood thinners for a little while. You know, like another test. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, anniversaries. Um, one in so you're you're at least a, you're somewhat a Disney guy. Um, your family enjoys uh, Disney. I'm no Rob Dis, no Ron DeSantis, but uh, you know, yeah. You, I honeymoon there. I didn't, I didn't get married there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that he's. Oh my god! The, the it, other than who he is personally, I you know I actually love the circumstance around so much of his stuff. Like I got married at Disney, and now I'm fighting a war against Disney. I am have human smile, and then like and then like uh, I wa I watched a video Insert today. It was it here. was if you're symptoms of electile dysfunction, and it was uh, and it was him going doing the smile and then the <laughs> in like interviews and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? 
Uh, watching somebody implode uh, who is a bad person is kind of nice. Um, but anyway, Disney. Disney. Uh, D- Disney, I think, is... So, I, I, I like Disney. Some of the business practices are, are I don't like. And one of the things I would say, I'm not... I don't have a moral stance against it, but uh, it's it's just like super capitalistic, and I don't give a fuck about it one way or the other. I mean, they it's, are the most capitalistic company in the universe. Yeah, is they every single year is, is a big anniversary year. Last year it was fifty years of Disney World. This year it's a hundred years of Disney the company. Next year it'll be twenty five years of. Animal Kingdom. Years of frozen <laughs> anti-Semite, you know, CEO. Yeah, and so like I, ju- I, I think that's interesting when anniversaries become this big, uh, like selling point for. Yeah, you have to come and get the pin for this anniversary. You'll be black design, and you'll never have it again. Yeah, that's funny. I say that, and um, we have hanging like in our hallway when you come in the house, a print we got of. Mickey's Philhar Magic because it opened that year. Yeah. And like we have the, the, not anniversary, but the introductory print and pin from that vacationing there the year the ride opened or the attraction. Yeah. I like that one. Um, it's one of my favorites. For years, it was our, when we got to Magic Kingdom, we made a beeline for it. Like it was the first thing we went to. Yeah. When I went as a kid, my dad established. And we only went one time. So the four of us, my sister and my parents and I, have only been one time together. Um, I've been with my sister two times since, but not with my parents. Um, but uh, my dad and my dad has only been the one time ever. When we went, he was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get there when the park opens, and we're gonna go to we're gonna go straight to the back, and then we're gonna work our way to the front." And he said, because everybody else is going to get in the gate and start at the front and slowly work their way to the back. And we're going to do the opposite. And he goes, yeah, we're going to start hitting lines when we get to the halfway point. And it'll probably never clear out. But we're going to get all that stuff with, before anybody else gets there. And it, it, it's a pretty good strategy. Yeah, you're supposed to plan out your map strategy of what are my most important things and hit that first. That's yeah. awesome. People do now is you go to the ones you want to get before the line goes, rather than just go to the back and be like, oh, by the time I get to Space Mountain, there's going to be a huge line. Like, go straight to Space Mountain, do that first. Yeah. And like Epcot, never stop at Planet Earth, the big dome thing. You do that on the way out. But that's the last thing you do. We went last year with Sarah's family, and one of the days, her sister was, was up late. Like, I think we got to the park at close to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Hmm. And and the kids are like the kids have been up since eight or nine in the morning, but like they were all you know, half the adults were sleeping, uh, and and Sarah took the kids over to to Disney Springs for a couple hours to to burn some energy, and uh, I think I had I forget what I was doing. I was probably like doing not homework, but maybe I went for a run or something. I forget. And we're doing all these different things, and we finally get to Epcot. And it's like two. It's two p.m. And I'm like, the kids are gonna be like, if if we don't go get you got, a, you got one ride out of them before they hit the melting point. Yeah, I'm like, if we don't go get them on a fucking ride before, like, and and everyone's like and wanting food. Epcot. There's no rides they like. 
Hey, well, everybody wants I mean, food. Everybody wants food, and I'm like, let's just get them on a ride so that they can say they went on a ride before we go get lunch. So we put them on. We put Sarah's sister and boyfriend take the kids with my father-in-law onto Spaceship Earth, which is the giant circle. Because there's no line. Like the line right, is no like you just walk through and, and the you only get time on. The it. line is when the park first opens and people who've never been there before think you have to go there first. Yes. So Sarah go. So they go on the ride. Sarah goes to get them pins. I go to get uh, waters or something. Coca Cola place where it's free soda. Yeah, but they go. She goes to get the kids the pins. Like my first visit because my nephews hadn't been before, and we meet them in the gift shop. And they get off the. They come into the gift shop. And and her sister goes, that was the worst fucking ride I've ever been on. I will never do that again. Don't ever suggest that again. And I was laughing so hard because when you become, like, when you're good enough, when you know enough about Disney, there are certain ones where, like, I genuinely enjoy that ride. Yeah. But, like, I also know that nobody fucking else does. And same thing with Carousel of Progress is, Carousel of Progress is kind of... Oh, let's put that into the oven. Come on, yeah. I love that. I, <laughs> I, those are relaxation points. When I'm getting overheated, yeah. my legs are starting to hurt. Those are the, the, the kinds of rides you go to at that point for a refresh. Yeah. Sit in the air conditioning for 10 minutes and go in a circle. There's a little bit of amusement on the Carousel of Progress, too, which is like, I always say to Sarah, I'm like, it's the same family for up until the last one because the guy, the guy clearly died before they did the last update, the the main character voice. Mm-hmm. So everybody else gets a speaking part in the other uh, last one because it's sometime around two thousand ish. Although they have they've probably done a little updates to that one. But uh all the other ones are the same one. So you're seeing like the you know, they he talks about Orville and and, and uh Redenbacher and the planes. I know it's not Redenbacher. Wilbur yeah, Wilbur. I'm aware. I'm I'm fine with it. So he, he he mentions them and they they may have some fl- they claim to have some flying machines. So you're you're nineteen oh three ish, and then the next thing they're talking about like the Roaring Twenties. And all the North Carolinians cheer, yeah. And all the Ohioans like screw you, yeah. And then and then the next time frame is like Roaring Twenties, and then I think it's like the mid to late fifties. I'm guessing based on like we got an, uh, a a refrigerator guys in Korea, yeah. And but so you're you're doing these decade hops, right? But it's the same family, and you get the little boy, and you get the girl who is like, and also because the animatronics don't look great, right? So he's like that that Lucy, she Lucy, you better be back by nine p.m. from your little dance there. And I'm like, Lucy is sixty five years old now. Lucy <laughs> should be able to do whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> It's not the same family. It's 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 this kid from each one is the grandfather. And is the they have the same names. Grandfather. They have all they yeah, have the junior, junior. He's junior. The girls have the same names, and there's an uncle. Yeah. There's an yeah. uncle Alan it's, or whatever. Because because in actuality, of course, it's parallel universes that are just set at different dates. Well, that yeah okay. I like my commentary when we're on the ride, and I'm leaning over to Sarah, and I'm like, like. Get home at nine because it's time for your pills. And the little the little boy <laughs> makes fun of uh, the little boy makes fun of his older sister being being ugly. I'm like, hey, she's seventy five fucking years old. Leave her alone. <laughs> if she was sixteen in nineteen oh three, and we're in the nineteen fifties, she's got to be pushing pushing seventy, right? And you think it's animatronics? <laughs> it's actually Tupperware every night. They get up in the morning, get out of the Tupperware, and they look fresh. They don't look that fresh. 
Well, you, you went in the afternoon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got to catch them early morning. Got to catch them all. So, anyway. Disney. Disney, I think, does a lot of anniversary stuff. Um, yeah, we So, we did our, um, our honeymoon at Disney. And uh, we planned out every day. So, I made up long sleeve tees it's October and some sweatshirts for evenings um, with different pictures of us as couples, you know, from different, you know, we've been dating for years um, on, on each shirt with honeymoon day one, October 12th, 1992 MGM studios. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one, you know, MGM2, you know, Epcot. And we included, um, what else is there? Uh, SeaWorld and Universal, because those are one-day parks back then in the early '90s. Like, you know, it wasn't it didn't take you a week to do Disney. It took you two, one day per park, and then um, and there weren't that many parks. And um, there was no Animal Kingdom for sure. And yeah. then on our third anniversary, we went back to Disney World and we brought those shirts. So we went this, this the week of our anniversary. So we wore the corresponding shirt. So. On the first trip, we got like moved to the head of line once or twice, free ice cream and stuff because we had the honeymoon stuff. And on the second trip, they're like, "Your anniversary, come to the head of the line." So like we got to pull it off twice. Nice. We um we got engaged at Disney on March eighteenth, twenty thirteen, and so oh, that wasn't the time we were there. Yeah, there was cool. one time that we were. Um, I think the. I'm trying to remember if Leah was born yet. I don't know if she was. I know we had the boys with us. And I don't remember how old they were. Like we went when Joseph was like not even walking yet because Madhavi's aunt was in America was visiting America and wanted to go to Disney World. So the whole family went. You know, when Jacob was a you know, like two and Joseph was eighteen months or something, like he was barely walking. But I think we went again a couple of years later maybe right before Leah was born. Or was she or she was a baby, I don't remember. But we were there and we were at our favorite restaurant. What's your favorite restaurant? Your favorite Disney restaurant, the one that, like, you know, even if it's expensive, you can do it at least once because you're there. In a park or? In the park. Okay. Um, honestly, right now, it is the um, egg roll stand at Magic Kingdom. Because they have oh. cheeseburger egg rolls, and I, like, I every time you're we classy. go now, I, I walk over. You're, you're classy. Um our favorite place is always in Epcot um, Cafe Marrakesh in Morocco. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's so hard to find good Moroccan food anywhere. I mean, it's, I know there's a couple places in New York, but it's not the most common restaurant to find. And it's so good there. And so we're there with the boys who are little. And um, we're at a table. And, like, there's a table, like a two-person table, four inches away from our table. Like, like it was probably attached to our table for a big party, and they just pulled it a little bit aside and sat someone else there, you know, right before we came in. And this couple, this young couple, and they got engaged over dinner. Like they just, or they just got engaged that day. That was us. That day. I was saying, I was looking at the dates. It wasn't you. <laughs> no. And um, and they were super excited. They were like, and they're watching us and they're talking about the kids, like that'll be us one day with the kids. And my boys were super well behaved in restaurants because when they weren't, we would take them out of the restaurant, let them run around and burn the energy off. So nobody ever saw them in a bad mood because we didn't let that happen in the restaurant. We just removed them from the situation. But this day they were just being great. They were trying foods. They was, And this couple was like ooing and eyeing because they saw themselves in us. You know, in five yeah. years, that will be us kind of thing. And so we started a conversation. And at one point I went to go to the restroom and I grabbed the manager of the restaurant and I said, the couple next to us, it's their anniversary. Is there, they just got engaged today. Is there anything? And he said, we got it. We have it. 
we sat down, I sat down and five minutes later they come out and they sang a song to them in Moroccan or Arabic, I don't know. And then, um, and brought out a dessert for them, a special dessert with sparklers on it. And they were like crying. They were like, you guys are so sweet for doing this for us. You're so sweet. Like uh, thinking we paid for it, I guess. Even though all we do is tell them. But, and but they had the greatest time. They'd like the kids, we love the kids. And we realized we're part of their life story. Like when they do their podcast about their engagement, we're in that story forever. We met this great family the night we got engaged. They got us a dessert and their kids were so sweet. I think about that sometimes when you think about the the pictures you take at Disney or any other big place. Like, like there's a, we have a, we have How a many picture. Serial killers are in the background of your picture. Yeah, well, we have a picture. We have a picture of Logan at he's he's little. He's probably like two or three at the parade. He's on sitting on the curb on Main Street, and there's a guy behind him. That the picture comes up every day on my my um digital picture frame at work and the guy looks like a combination of coach beard and eminem and yeah. every single day and i think if that if that guy's in my picture and i look at that guy more i look at that guy more often than i look at my own dad right i'm in somebody's picture that they're seeing you know like and i'm pro- knowing me <laughs> who knows what i that always wonder picture. what wrong stories are like one time i was visiting my brother in san francisco and we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years and we got drunk and we we're walking around and we're New Yorkers. And as New Yorkers, we're wearing black leather jackets because it cuts the wind. That's what you wear. Yeah. In San Francisco, mostly gay guys wear black leather. Nice. And we're drunk and we're kind of like on each other. We're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're ethnic, we're Jews. So we're a very touchy feely family. So we're hugging on each other and arm in arm. We're both comedians. So we're improvising songs. So we're singing together and tourists are taking pictures of us. And we're like, they think we're a couple. They don't think we're brothers, you know? I don't know that that so, makes it okay to take pictures of, like, to randomly be like, oh, look I, at the gays. We came to see gays. I, I had like, never, <laughs> it, was like, it was like people from Iowa. You know, it's like I've never seen people. gays before. But that's exactly what it was. And we're cracking up. And we're like posing for them. We're like, we're, we gave consent. We're like, yeah. Because we're like, these people are going to make up these huge stories about us. And it's not going to be two brothers who haven't seen each other in two years. Like that's not going to be the story they make up. Yeah. That's hilarious. Especially like if you ever, you know, if you get famous from this or from your channel with your brothers and they're like, Hey, it's those gay guys that we've got in that picture. But that's not, it's not the anniversary of that though. No. Um, so on the anniversary of nine 11, we mentioned nine 11 last week, I think if I remember back. Yeah. And, uh, I had a, an interesting nine 11 anniversary story. It was the anniversary of 9-11, the uh, second or third, probably. And I was um, outside the theater where my comedy group performed we, before rehearsal. And a bunch of us, the group, were talking. And we were doing what you do on the anniversary of 9-11, which was, where were you on 9-11? Yeah. And one of the guys in the group, Eddie, goes, yeah, I was a waiter at the Capital City Chop House down by the airport. And remember we were just you know we you know we had a handful of customers you know like corporate people who had things planned so they showed up for their thing and then you know we're all what it was before smartphones so none of us like until we got there and saw what was going on tv we didn't really know what was happening you know so he goes i was standing there with you know customers from from you know corporate lunch watching on tv the towers fall you know the, the, or the rerun of it you know at lunchtime and i went eddie i was one of those customers i was on a team dinner a team lunch at Capital City Chop House on 9-11. And I stood around with the wait staff watching it on TV. 
holy shit, we met on the worst day of history <laughs> before we really met. And uh, it was weird because then Madhavi called me. It's like she was at Glaxo. She said, what do I do? They're dismissing us. And I'm like, I just got here. I don't know. Get the kids from daycare and come here. She's like, what? The world is falling apart and you went out for lunch? I'm like, oh, we didn't know. So she picked up the kids and drove over and they brought the kids that had lunch already at school. But the, the uh, wait staff brought them ice cream. The team that was taking me out bought Madhavi lunch. You know, we're just like eating lunch, not knowing what we're yeah. supposed to do. You know, just in, in shock. Yeah. I was in school. I was in high school. Yeah, I, I was bad too. Yeah, but it was really—it was funny that on the anniversary, <laughs> meet the person who I spent the, that that moment with. Yeah, how random was that? So, my friend, it's a small world. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to have to paint it, as Stephen Wright said. This comedian from your part of the woods. I'm just saying. I know who Stephen Wright is. It's from your area. He's... I met him once. I met him once. I met him. Met him in the street in New York City. Across the street, I saw him. He and is. I said, hey, you're you. And he went, yeah, I am. And he he smiled has at each a other very dry walking. way of talking. Yeah. He was Mitch Hedberg before Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. So. And that's not the way he talks, even. It's hysterical. Like, he, the first time he was on stage, he was very nervous. And it came out that way. And people loved it. And his friends were like, you have to stay that way. Like, it became his character because he did it once. Yeah. I mean, that's. that's I, Gilbert Gottfried, the, a lot. Oh, speaking of nine eleven, uh, Gilbert Gottfried was <laughs> uh, the squint is because he didn't want to look at the people in the audience because yeah. he was he was he had stage yeah, fright. Yeah, he was so on he SNL. Just, he did a lot of other voices. He, you know he, yeah, but like even more than the voice, he would just he would do the squint that he does because that way he wouldn't really see the audience. That's like when he was on SNL as a young person, because like on the cast for like, the, oh, yeah. like one of the really bad casts, he wasn't. The old Jew Gilbert Gottfried. Have you ever heard the um, uh, Howard Stern audio clip of him? There's a clip of him. He left like a voicemail for Gary on the Howard Stern show, and he's like, "Hey, Gary, you know, it's it's me, Gilbert. Uh, I just want to talk about coming on the show." And he's like the most normal voice, like you'd never in a million years know it was his voice. Yeah. Um. Didn't sound like Iago at all. No. Or the Affleck duck. I I I think it's kind of ridiculous that they fired him, and then they got someone to sound just like him to do it. Like I feel I feel like after after Back to the Future two, when that guy was like, "You can't use my likeness without my consent." Like, they, that's basically what Affleck did. Yeah, he was he was predicting the uh, AI revolution. That's the big thing the actors are on about. How long before you can just say, I want a Harrison Ford at age 40 who sounds like uh, Madonna. And boom, you can do that. Yeah. Not pay them a dime. So um, I wonder, so like obviously one of the, probably the only other, well, technically the 4th of July is an anniversary holiday, but like. It's a holiday. I think of it more of as a, ho a holiday, and obviously nobody remembers the original. Um, but well, the one that well, the I one that do. comes I to mind. July Fourth. I remember being there. Yeah, the one that comes to. I don't think you're that old. Um, the one that comes to mind for me that I think of as the only other national anniversary is. Uh, is it? I'm gonna fuck it up too now that I've just said the other Hanukkah? One. What? December seventh. Uh it's a day that lives in infamy. Yeah. yeah. 
And so, like, I wonder. So, unless you're Dan Quayle, who on September seventh said that's what it was. Did he? Oh yes. On a speech on September seventh, he said it was Pearl Harbor Day. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And in ten years from now, ten years and three days from now, four days from now, it'll be a different day that lives in infamy. Um, no, but I wonder when it came to, you know, like obviously we we the big thing with September 11th is you talk about what, what, where you were and what how you learned and um, I want, but I I have not heard that from Pearl Harbor people, but we do. There is always some mention Kennedy. of Pearl Harbor every, Kennedy. huh? You hear that for Kennedy? You know, oh, true, true. Might little to me where were you when Kennedy heard where Kennedy shot? That's that's the previous one that I'm aware of. Like okay, like that before nine eleven, it was the where were you when Kennedy was shot? Yeah, I have a theory. Maybe it's a stupid theory, but I have Probably. a theory that every every generation has this one big world changer that that happens. Every not generation in the in the proper yeah. term, but like. So, you, yeah. so right now, like COVID is our thing right now. My, I think there's also things for, where that whatever the biggest thing that happens until something replaces it by default will become that. Kind of. But I like for me, it was like for my generation, it is um, not 9-11. For the new kids, it's going to be. Huh? For me, it was the new kids on the block. No, for the new kids, it's going to be COVID. Uh, but for the generation before me, or maybe even, maybe you wouldn't even consider this for you, but like, cause you're in the weird spot, uh, AIDS, AIDS was the thing. And then before that would have been JFK getting killed. Yeah, we used or... to say that all the time, man, which AIDS is the thing. You our, big, it... our, our big complaint was, you know, that, you know, uh, that, you know, I graduated high school in 85. So AIDS was a thing, right. When I was in high school and yeah. into college. And we would look back and say, man, you know, our older siblings looked like shit in the 70s. Like 70s, people dressed so weird and they didn't shave and they, their hair was crazy. They didn't bathe and they got laid all the time. We looked good with our members only and our, you know, Miami Vice look. Like we dressed sharp and we couldn't have sex because of AIDS. It was not fair. Not fair. Yeah. We had to use condoms. We the first generation who had to use condoms. Yeah. What was on, was on, what was unfair in my universe was having used lambskin condoms and it's almost like you're not wearing one compared to a regular condom but then finding out that it doesn't do anything to prevent transmission of hiv virus the virus can go through lambskin so having to switch to latex oh and it's like it's like that sucks like i started sex with condom that wasn't that bad i then had to go to latex now down the plus side lasted twice as long because i hardly felt what i was doing but <laughs> patrons it's gonna be just for you guys. Um, I think it's the story of a ventriloquist who stops on a farm when he's traveling. And yeah, he's it's a farmer and he starts and he says, I'm going to screw with the farmer. And he goes, the farmer, yeah, I was just talking to your chicken. The farmer goes, talking to my chicken. And he throws his voice and makes the chicken say, yes, I was talking to him. He was like, what the hell? He goes, yeah, and I was talking to your horse. And the horse looks, you know, kind of looks up and he goes, oh, yeah, we were talking. Holy shit. He goes, and then I was talking to your lamb, and he goes, that lamb's a fucking liar. That's not a word he says. Yeah, I've heard that one. Uh, so, Logan, so our internet is bad right now. Um, that's important to know, as you could probably tell from from doing this call with me. But Logan the other day looks at me and goes, Dad, how do you spell dog like in doghouse? And I was like, 
D-O-G. He goes, and how do you spell cat? Cat, like in catastrophe. In like catastrophe. And I said, C-A-T. And then he goes, and how do you spell fuck in internet? And I said, there is no fucking internet. And he goes, not with AT&T there isn't. <laughs> I loved it. I was so happy. It was I just heard that joke on um, like TikTok the other day. It was, it was just a, no, you know her, Harrison Ford. I saw a clip of Harrison Ford telling it on the Conan O'Brien show. Yes, I've seen that clip. Yeah, but it wasn't the internet he was talking about. But it was, yeah. it was, that's why I said catastrophe right away. I'm like, I just heard Harrison Ford say this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I've there's it's such a good one. Um, oh, there's another one that I I, I want to tell Logan. I'm trying. I was I told several people this and now I can't think of it, uh, but I could, I want to tell Logan and Sarah's like no not yet. So yeah, so I just I'm I mean, back to anniversaries and back to big national events. Like obviously, we had the anniversary of COVID like lockdown, which was you know March thirteenth to twenty twenty for most. That's when like the real lockdown started. Um, so I know that, like, at the first year... Of the I still second... love that show, The Real Lockdown of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, I'm going to get a new co-host <laughs> who doesn't make who doesn't make jokes mid-sentence every single sentence. Uh, so anyway. Anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, like, it's the same thing, you know, I know I know that, like, June of 81 is when, like, the first, first AIDS... Uh, Article, stories were hitting like medical journals and stuff but but like with Pearl Harbor what I, you know what I'm starting to say with Pearl Harbor is like we have like that's such a clear moment September 11th is a clear moment so we give those those anniversaries I think have a weight to them and obviously because of the thing that they were as well but but also they're very clear clearly defined uh days and so I I, I am always curious I, I knew, obviously, I know people who lived through it, but like my grandfather, when Pearl Harbor happened, would have been under ten years old. So he, then you know, he probably doesn't remember that my, much. My dad was ten. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Forty yeah, two? No, not, not even ten. Yeah, it was forty one. Forty one? Yes, you're right. Forty one. So, so he was like seven. He was um, four. Yeah, yeah in forty one, my grandfather would have been seven years old. So like. You know, he's Logan's age. Seven and a half, yeah. Yeah, which is actually the reason that my grandparents had the amazing apartment they had was because of World War II. So when my dad was like three, so the year before that, before we were in the war, but when the war was raging, my grandparents got an apartment on the beach, like literally looking out the window of my dad's room was the ocean, or Jamaica Bay anyway, um, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, in um, Brighton Beach near Coney Island. And it was because they were afraid of German U-boat attacks. So the rent was super cheap. No one with money wanted to live there and die. So immigrants, this whole area became the Russian Jewish area because who cares if they get killed by, they all, you know, if they get killed by German U-boats. And then, you know, there was never an attack there and they were rent controlled apartments. So they lived there forever. Yet. Nobody expects yeah. the U-boats now. <laughs> they didn't have very good radar. They're still looking. Yeah, um, Connery's gonna pop up with his U-boat. Did you ever read the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? Yes, and I was just recommending it to a coworker yeah. uh, last week. It's it's just you talking about 
you know, back in the old days of Brighton Beach, Russian Jews yeah. uh, immigrating to New York right before World War Two. That's that's what made me think of that. But it's great. It's one of my. I would say it's maybe my favorite book of all time. I need to reread it, but it's been it's been a few years. But... He also wrote a baseball one that was really cool. I don't, I don't remember the author's name anymore, but like I was, whenever Sha- I that, Michael I was, Chabon, or yeah, Chabon. I don't know yeah, if I'm saying I, that right, but yeah, or Chabon, whatever. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I, I remember I read uh, Cavalier and Clay because it was comic book related, yeah. and then um, I went. I think I'm pretty sure it was him who wrote a baseball one also that was like a, a dimensional travel and baseball thing or something. If I remember being really cool, maybe I think it, I think it was him. his other big book that if I can I'm wrong, remember. I'm sorry, you write nasty comments under the YouTube video and send us nasty email if I'm wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the other book that I remember from him was Wonder Boys, which I didn't read. Um, that was about Tenacious D, right? That's just Wonder Boy. And Wonder Boys is the one with that. The movie was with Tobey Maguire and Michael Douglas and maybe Robert Downey Jr. Does that sound right? I don't know. I suppose we could make this a shorter episode and wrap up because I'm hungry and I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, are there any other anniversary things like on a bigger scale that you want to talk about Um, I don't remember not not thinking of anything the anniversary of thinking of one Um, do you ever uh I had something and I just lost it. I don't know. It's funny. There are, th- there are some anniversary dates that stick in my head randomly. Like the anniversary of my fraternity being founded was December 10th, 1904. And like when sure. December 10th rolls around, you know, it's like, oh, it's Founders Day. I don't do, I haven't done anything with my fraternity, you know, except for staying in touch with a couple of friends in decades. Yet, December 10th, I always think. Which is a weird thing because it's also my brother's birthday, and that's not my first thought. My first thought is Founders Day, and my second thought is my brother's birthday. Yeah, I do want to do an intoxication episode, by the way, where you can just drink the whole time right before we start and just slowly get. Yeah, my alcohol is right there. We could talk about the theory of. We could talk about like the concept of intoxication while we get intoxicated, and it might be a nightmare to edit, but it might also be the best episode ever. So I have not been very drunk in a very long time. I don't, you know, I don't get drunk. I'm an old man. I don't get drunk anymore. I drink casually. I mean, the last time I really remember really losing control and getting drunk was on a New Year's Eve some years ago. We were out back at our neighbor's our fire pit, and, and like a bunch of the neighbors were over, and we'd been drinking beer and you know all night. I've been drinking beer, Mother was drinking wine all night, and then we did sh- multiple glasses of champagne at midnight. You know, to we opened a couple of bottles and we had to finish it, so we all did champagne, and then. One of the neighbors brought out some kind of whiskey and we all did a shot. And one of the other neighbors is like, this is crap. I'll give me get you something good. And he brought like a $150 bottle of some good shit. And he had brought out cigars earlier. So we're smoking cigars and he brings out really good whiskey. And we all take a shot of the good whiskey. And then something in my brain, I'm drunk off my ass, but something in my brain says, that's two shots in five minutes. Neither have kicked in yet. When they do, on top of how much you drank, you're going to be jello. And it's just our next door neighbors. And I turned to my wife. I said, we're going home. She's like, no, 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 I think it's time. So we're going home now. We almost got in a fight because I was so insistent. Like, crush out my my uh, my, my cigar. And I was like, we'll see you guys. We're going in. We go in. 
we literally walk in the uh, get on our deck, walk in the back door, and both of us, our legs start to give out as we enter the house. Our legs start becoming rubber, and we're like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And she's like, oh "Thank God we came home!" And we literally like crawled into the living room and just curled up on the couch because we were. It it all hit us so hard. Yeah, I think maybe if we do an intoxication, if we do an intoxication episode, it'll be patron only. Uh, and may, okay, maybe so you guys heard that. Oh, well, this will be just for this. Well, I'll just cut this whole talk out about and keep it for patrons. Um, but that would be kind of cool. And maybe if we got enough patrons, we just do like one uh, every couple months or whatever. We do an intoxication episode, or we do the episode and drink at the beginning of the episode to get enough of an episode together that that's for normies. And if you as it starts, you know, when you edit it, you can decide what point did it get good enough that that's where you cut it off and say, okay, guys, this is sober, Mike. Uh, we're cutting it there. If you want to hear the rest, you need to go to patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. So they hear half, like, let it start to get good. Then you cut it off. Just like drugs. You get the first bit of it free, but if you want all the good, good stuff, you got to come back and pay. Yeah. Marketing. Got to use your marketing brain. Come on, you're a marketer. Yeah. So everyway, anyway, everybody, um, I'm not going to try to do the shitty uh, plug of our, you know, liking and subscribing because Just Matthew, play the last one because Matthew did such a good job. Now, uh, if you're if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit like, subscribe, ring the bell. That helps us so that you, you know you're seeing our videos more often. It also just helps us to get a little more traction. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it, you can uh, give us a review, make sure that you're following and, and uh, the show. But also, if you're uh, on, on Apple Podcasts, you have the option now for the Apple-specific subscription service, $3 a month or $30 a year, and that gets Apple, you all Apple the uncensored Treon. stuff. What is it? It's, it's called Apple Treon. Yeah. But it's not a copy of Patreon, not at all. No, it's Apple subscriptions. Uh, and and so you, you will get all the same stuff that patri- patrons get on Patreon uh, from the from the comfort of Apple. Uh, for So, like, if you already have all your credit cards and shit tied to Apple, you don't have to create a new account. That's, I think, part of the appeal is that it's way more one-click than... It's an a- Apple appeal. Oh, appeal on Apple, yeah. Um, you can get more of these uh, these puns. We edit from... the dad jokes out of the uh, Patreon. We don't edit the dad jokes out. We edit the dirty jokes out. Uh, so, and then um, if you're listening on any of the other podcast platforms, they have some version of liking and subscribing or following or whatever they call it. If you can set, set... it to auto-download if you have that setting on your thing so that the system knows that you downloaded it. I don't care if you listen or not, Yeah, but download it. I was just about to push that part too um yeah it helps us every little bit counts um makes us feel loved it helps us to to be able to grow the show and and um the more followers we have the more likely we are to get cool guests you know interested in coming on and and that will help us to keep you entertained so it is all in service of you and obviously as we talked about disney a bunch uh we like to go to Disney, so if you pay us, then that works. No. <laughs> I had said I'm never going to Disney again unless it's with grandchildren, but I guess if Patreon's pay, I'll go. Yeah. 
We could do like a. We could do a. I'm uh, done waiting on lines. Yeah. All right. So everybody. Er, anyway, everybody. Uh, Matthew has one final thing. Thanks for um, coming by to talk about other people's big stuff. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.